Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Lore boys. Lore boys, lore boys. Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast, where we read the wiki so you don't have to. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer, joined as always by Pete O'Donohue. Say hi, Pete. Oh, hi. And James Miller. Should I say hi, too? Uh, only if you want to. Hi. I know you're shy. Aw. <laughs> James Schuyler. What's up? Going into this, uh, I got a question for the audience. Uh, would it be considered to be embezzlement if I donated to our Patreon so I could suggest something? for the show <laughs> uh you know pete i i had the exact i had, we had this exact thought i think uh, or i had this exact thought uh, when, when you said something in discord the other day and i was like is that free money can, can somebody who knows accounting please get in touch with us and tell us if we subscribe to our own patreon is that free money yeah it would just make it look better but it's like it, it's just like that's that, that's strange that there's these three new email at gmail.com so just started <laughs> donating to the to yeah. the lore boys <laughs> there's one guy on twitch uh trainwrecks tv and he's like he has one of the highest sub counts but he also has one of the highest donation counts because he donates all his own subs just to pad his own numbers because yeah. his ego is based <laughs> around his sub count so good for him he gets money back but twitch gets a cut mm. yeah yeah uh welcome to the show everybody we're uh a lore show uh, p- uh podcast where uh we try to be funny we talk about mostly nerdy <laughs> stuff sometimes cool stuff like uh dante and his uh his poems um yeah. but we mostly talk about nerd stuff we've joked before that this is like a, a catholicism warcraft and uh warhammer show and not not missing the not missing the point on this week's episode we're talking about warhammer 40k again <laughs> again uh, yeah, we, you, we flipped the three-sided coin that we have and it landed on that so yeah. here we are <laughs> d3 is just a little imperium of man symbol a little horde symbol and then a little cross and whichever one it lands on when we roll the d3 is just what it comes up as <laughs> Yeah, so uh, for this episode, I've dipped my toes into the proverbial well of Warhammer 40k. Uh, we're talking about the Ultramarines, as you probably know from the title card, uh, because it's, uh, it's deep, it's cool. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of history there. Really, we're just talking about the Primarch um, of the Ultramarines and like his origin story, like we've been doing for the other uh, Space Marine legions uh, in recent weeks, uh, because we get a lot of requests f- uh, for for Space Marines and Warhammer 40k on the Discord. Uh, if you'd like to suggest an episode topic, please get in touch with us by following the links at uh, loreboys.com slash about. Or like Peter says, uh, you can join the show on Patreon, and that's a good way to get our attention and really, really twist the screws on us to, to get us to... Or, you know, write your own script as something we'll talk about at the end of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so this episode is really a part three of an ongoing discussion we've been having about the various Space Marines chapters. Uh, not chapters, sorry, legions, really, which 
come before the chapters. The legions end up getting split up into like a thousand plus chapters, but there was 20 main space Marine legions. And we've kind of just been, I've been cherry picking the ones that I like. Um, a few years back, we laid the groundwork on 40 K. So we talked about the horse heresy, Peter and I, I think Jamie was in Poland at the time. Um, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the one with the sheriff. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. They would. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Peter's, we, we, Peter's we, referencing his own artwork when he says, yeah, the yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a guest on too. Uh, yeah, your friend was, from the comic convention. Yeah. Uh, at, oh, at, yeah. Booze, on, at yeah. booze on first, uh, at booze on first D and D on Twitter. I should have looked up yeah. the, the handle before doing this, but yeah, we, we did have a guest on to talk with us about horse heresy. Uh, Murph, uh, good guy. I'm not sure if he's looking for followers, but he's getting another shout out. So maybe he'll get some. Uh, more recently, we've also covered some filthy Xenos, um, before we landed back on the Imperium of Man. So we talked about the Eldar way long ago. We did talk about the Necron. Uh, that might've been our first 40k episode, actually. Um, I think it was. They're hot shit now because the new expansions for figurines are coming out and the Necrons seem to be the main bad guys. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we've talked about the Necron. We've talked about the Eldar. And we, we, we just kind of scraped the surface of the Dark Eldar. Uh, it's kind of how we wrapped up that, that episode. So we'll get back into them eventually. Uh, I've said it before. I'd love to do stuff like Skaven. And there's a, there's a ton of ton of other factions that I'd love to do in, in, across Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40k. But we're, we're, I'm, I'm enjoying the Imperium of Man right now in the 40k setting. So uh, we've been talking a lot about that. The other part's heresy anyway. But technically it's not heresy if we're just repeating it right that's how you can get away with cursing as a child yeah. <laughs> is if you it's just like i'm i heard it on tv i'm just yeah. repeating i'm just quoting it no it was so if a, we quote some of the xeno shit we it's not heresy it's, correct? It. It was, it's a direct quote that's this oh. just responsible journalism yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if there's any reason people listen to the lore boys it's for responsible journalism right yeah uh, <laughs> by comparison i think we do okay i think yeah. we i think we report better on fake facts than some journalists do on real facts <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends at the dog park uh found our podcast somehow he's a 65 year old man and he was really Uh-oh. hung up on why we called it fake history and i was like well it's like because the stories never really happened and he's like yeah but it's not fake are you just making things up i'm like no we're, we're covering <laughs> worlds yeah. that like that the other authors have created he's like well it's not fake then Okay, well, no, okay boomer <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly sir i'm just gonna ask you right now do you currently think it's the 41st millennium because yeah, otherwise yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. what year is it oh. sir <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you haven't listened to a single show and you're caught up on one word in our tagline maybe the marketing's not for you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> go figure huh? a buddy of mine is uh this ain't your grandma's it. podcast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a buddy of mine's been buying and painting up a lot of ultramarines these days uh, and i was like oh you've got like 20 guys now are you gonna learn the rules he's like oh no i i, I just like painted my own toys so i was like all right fair enough i mean that's yeah. exactly what you uh, pete you're saying your buddy and i don't know if you're just talking about yourself here because that's literally <laughs> no i mean i don't have a codex for my my sisters of battle but i do intend on learning how to use them okay. yeah well, that's because that i, I have enough for kill squad as far as i know hmm. Uh, it's like a small game. There's day. a lot of rules. Let me I tell you right now, a lot of rules yep. to Warhammer 40k. Uh, which, yeah. if you like rules, uh, yeah, it might be your game. Check it out. Uh, also, if, you, if you're interested in hearing the other episodes, I'm, I tried to do my best, like I always do, to make this one not, this episode not dependent on 
the past episodes we've done, uh, specifically even on the past episodes of uh, Space Marines Legions. But you guys kind of have, like Jamie and Peter here, have more context. Uh, so they might, you know, kind of accelerate the conversation a little bit faster. Um, if you go to loreboys.com, just search 40K, you'll find all our 40K episodes. Um, I'd say for for best listening experience, Dark Angels and Salamanders episodes are, are probably there. But we'll do our best to just, just dumb it down for you newbies, huh? Honestly, I have a hard time remembering details from like anything over a month ago. So if there's anything that I don't remember, I'll just ask. So hopefully that'll that'll help the people who didn't go listen to the old ones. But. Uh, so we've been vamping for vamping for a while. Do you guys want to talk about some uh, some Warhammer? You guys want to talk about some Space Marines? I let's think dive I in. do. Let's, let's dive. I think in. I do. Uh, okay, so uh, we're diving uh, in. We're diving forward. Uh, Twenty nine thousand ish years uh, now did you do the math correctly this time yeah yeah so uh i did i <laughs> now now you now you're calling me out did i say it on the air uh that i i messed week. up i did okay yeah um yeah. yeah so if you haven't listened to last week's episode uh full disclosure i've been messing up the age of the em- the god emperor of mankind for uh, god knows how long now uh, <laughs> i only i was only off by sixteen thousand years so whatever yeah you know. we'll we'll leave it as close enough Okay, so we're going to 29-ish thousand years into the future. We're, like, looking at the 30th millennium before the pre-Horus heresy, um, you know, when the Space Marines legions were first uh, being created. Uh, we've talked in the past about the Dark Age of Technology, which is the from the year 20,000 to the year about 29,000, 30,000. Uh, there were these warp storms that ravaged the galaxy, which had been completely seeded with human life, uh, and basically, like... For 10,000 years, humanity or humans on, like, distant planets just lived in complete darkness and no communication to, like, planets back home. So a lot of them devolved into kind of just, like, I don't know, like, bottle episodes that, like, you could visit a new planet. And, like, oh, we found the dinosaur planet now where there's, like, barbarian savages, you know? And then we found the planet that's, like, uh, Victorian England. Um, Yeah. Uh, they made it. They cut. They cut off from the, like the mainstream humanity, just so you could have so many little bubbles of humanity and a, make things interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I can't believe it's been the Wild West on this planet for eight thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Meant literally <laughs> one other thing. Yeah. It's like all the different vaults and Fallout, except they weren't planned. It's just yeah. like different things happened over time because they were left alone for so long. Exactly. Exactly. That. Well, it's because they were on. They were on the planet with like giant piranha, Venus, giant Venus flytraps that ate everyone. So they had to develop the Venus flytrap killing technology that was necessary right. for that planet, right? That no other planet in the galaxy needed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's set in the Milky Way galaxy. Um, it's set. You know, it centers on Terra, which is where the God Emperor of Mankind is from. Uh, the God Emperor of Mankind, you guys know, created the Primarchs, his own little demigod super soldiers, uh, out of his own seed called the Gene Seed. Um, but they were, when they were in creation, they were scattered across the cosmos by the forces of chaos. So the old gods um of of azeroth decided to scatter them across the world oh wait sorry <laughs> i roll i accidentally rolled the die here um <laughs> yeah is so, there a d3 actually it's a you use a d6 but like okay. one and two are one three and four are two and five and six are three is there a d4 yes yeah it's like a little pyramid, a little pyramid. uh you can also it'd be cool I'd like it if it was a D4, but it was a little spring on the bottom. So every time it landed on the one it shouldn't, it just went boing. And then (laughs) three. So it could just keep landing and it could have like an extended dice roll. It'd be really fun. Maybe it's a professional motion machine. 
I was going to say exactly that. <laughs> We've been doing this too long, Pete. <laughs> Jamie invents the infinite source of energy and then just gets disappeared by oil tycoons. <laughs> it's just a box full of dice that are springing by themselves. <laughs> I mean, hey, the the day that uh, the day that Terry finds oil in Jamie, we all know he's going to get disappeared by oil tycoons. So, yeah. Uh, as the as the owner of mineral rights inside of Jamie's body. Yeah, he declares war on the lore boys, and everybody's just like, "What the fuck is happening here?" <laughs> I hate that he only wants to drill between like two thirty and three thirty a.m. I'm always sleeping, and man. it's always a surprise. I mean, he's Australian. <laughs> he's Australian, man. You can't blame him for that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, as I said before, that I guess that's kind of the groundwork for the universe for anybody who's not super familiar, um, and a, just a little refresher for you and uh, Peter and Jamie here, because as Jamie said before, he's not always the best at remembering details. Um, that was really helpful, actually. I, I'm in the zone now. Yeah, I'm ready. The, the ultra zone. Hmm? Uh, <laughs> so today's topic is Ultramarines. Uh, probably the most iconic faction in, in of the Space Marines, uh, if not all of 40K, even. Um, I, probably. I, I think it's Loreboy's canon that Blizzard just completely ripped off their model for the Marines from uh, StarCraft, like the Terran Marines in StarCraft. Just big shoulders, blue is. hoods. I think, I think it's Loreboy's canon. That. No, I think that's true because I had heard oh. that prior to starting the show. Now I could also have, could, there could be. be like a playground rumor, like as far as I know, yeah. that we've just. I, th- I think it's a rumor that we all heard, and then we we said it's Loreboy's canon. Yeah, right. Oh, I remember it. saying oh. that Ultramarine was also just the name of a color that was very blue, and they happened to be blue. And then we ended up talking about it, and we will ask which one came first, and the color definitely came first. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Right. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about them before. It's hard to to uh, again, like if you're if you're familiar at all with Warhammer 40k, you probably know these models. If you're not, uh, if you just Google Warhammer 40k, like they were, they're the ones on the starter box. They're the starter units that you get. And if you just Google Warhammer 40k, you get these blue Space Marines uh, with this Ultima signal, uh, like the Greek Ultima uh, letter uh, written on them. Oh so, yeah, or Greek or Roman. I, I don't know. Uh, okay, so highly disciplined, highly disciplined and courageous warriors, the Ultramarines have remained true to the teaching of the teachings of their Primarch Robude Gulliman. So, I'm just going to get this out of the way right n- right now. I have no idea how to pronounce this guy's name. I will t- I will type it in the Discord for you guys, and you guys can can decide. I think it's Raboot, but I just can't see. I can't unsee Rabuti. I just want to call him Rabuti every time I see his name. <laughs> Uh, robot, that yeah, uh, or robot? Robot? What's it? it all a robot? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm gonna butcher this name. I'm gonna stumble on this name a few times today, probably. Um, I'm, I might just default to calling him Rob. Uh, I, I might just alternate between Rob and Rabuti. I don't know. Um, I kind of <laughs> like the sound of Rabuti. So let me take that sentence again because I didn't pri- I didn't prime y'all with that. But highly disciplined and courageous warriors, the Ultramarines have remained true to the teachings of their Primarch Rabuti Gulliman for ten thousand standard years. Uh, so Rabuti Gulliman is a ridiculous name. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I don't know if it's Gulliman. Um, don't know how to pronounce it. Also, the planet that the uh, Ultramarines are based on. I I googled how to pronounce it because it looks like Scottish because it starts with Mac. And it's Mac- it looks like Macrage because uh, it ends in an E and a, a Scottish word that ends in GE would be Macrage. But I, I watched Canonical Games Workshop video where they called it Macrag. So it's going to be called Macrag. Uh, okay. 
Yeah, that's one of their paints is McCrag blue. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, yeah. that's a spoiler alert for later on, fifteen minutes further in this episode. That's the the planet that the Ultramarines were okay. originally based off of. I did a quick little research, and apparently, like it has to be based on the Latin pronunciation. I don't know what that means for reboot. I think it's reboot, <laughs> not reboote. Um, but there's a lot of angry nerds in a forum just yelling at each other so i guess whichever one we yeah, want but so reboot seems right when i when i googled when i googled mccrag um there, I, I ended up on this forum and everybody was like oh it's pronounced like uh it's pronounced the way it smells or like it's pronounced like the color and just like everybody's giving non-answers because i think it is a meme in the warhammer 40k fandom that like okay. nobody nobody knows how you're supposed to fucking pronounce this word because it's written in a stupid way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> presumably the same with Rabuti uh, and even his second name Gulliman, uh, which yeah I won't write for you guys because we'll we'll just move on from this point. But it's all written very dumb, just so you guys know. very good. Uh, very so, good. So uh, the Ultramarines they're 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 iconic for a reason I guess. They were originally uh, the eighth Space Marine Legion before the reforms that initiated the second founding when they broke into chapters, uh, and they reshaped the Imperium after the heresy on the orders of Gulliman himself. So they were like the preeminent um, uh, Space Marine Legion that kind of rebuilt after the Horus Heresy. And we we talked about the Horus Heresy a long time ago. I was telling Peter, yeah. I think before you got here, Jamie, that I was doing, I was like researching. I was like, which chapter did I want to do again? And I ended up uh, researching the Dark Angels, which I did two episodes ago. And I was like, <laughs> no, that's Ethan. Come on, be smarter than this. And then I ended up researching the word bearers. And the first name that I saw in the word bearers was Lorgar. I just looked for the Primarch and I found Lorgar. I was like, hmm. Isn't that the guy that did the Horus Heresy? So I, I basically, uh, my first two attempts at writing this episode, I just started to rewrite an old episode that we've already done. <laughs> <laughs> All to say, uh, I think the Ultramarines being the ones that really, that fought back the most against the Horus Heresy, that, that were like the penultimate rebuilders after the Horus Heresy. I think this might be a, a really good lead up into uh, maybe the first Lore Boys uh, recap episode. I might do another episode on the Horus Heresy um, and okay. just maybe, like new format, bring it up to the modern age and make it more. Um, I don't know, but uh, look look for that in the future. And if you're interested in it, then you can always get get at us. I think you make a good point though. Like we have like 140 or something like that scripts. So why don't we just start from script one again yeah. and start just reading them and well, I, we'll have different takes by now. And... Jamie, Jamie, that's such a good point because I have redone the legend of Zelda. You're, you're right. Yeah, I have okay. already done this. I, I've already done the, re- yeah. maybe I'm just the lazy one. That's like, ah, I'm just going to do one of my old scripts again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah. So um, they're, they're pretty cool. They're, they're chads. They're the chads of the space Marines. These ultramarines. Okay. okay. That would explain the square breather of their mask is exactly. to fit their massive jawline their massive right? jawline exactly who's the betas then <laughs> oh that'd be like the uh, adeptus militarum they're just like regular army guys yeah yeah the 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 i can't believe i'm not gonna imperial guard yeah uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just trying to do my three years so i can go home get my pension with my family uh, yeah <laughs> anything uh, okay, so the Ultramarines are considered one of the strongest, most honored of all the Space Marine chapters in the Imperium of Man. They were responsible for almost single-handedly holding the Imperium together after the Horus Heresy, like I said. Uh, the culture of the Ultramarines is loosely themed upon the culture of Old Earth's ancient Roman Empire, uh, as exemplified in their Astartes pseudo-Latin names and their strict adherence to the Codex Astartes, as well as the society of their homeworld of Macrag and the chapter's method of recruitment. Um, okay. So, Roman boys. That's why. Yeah. That's why I said I, I. thought it was the Greek Ultima, but then I was like, maybe it's Roman because they're Roman. Uh, but I thought uh, anyway. I know very little about old Italian. Where are they Roman to? 
Oh, roaming all over the galaxy, my guy, killing those Xenos. No, they're roaming from the crag. Oh, uh, I see. Uh, so to talk about any of the original 20 space, legions of space marines, of course, is to talk about their primarchs, uh, who we've already named Rabuti. Uh, thanks to widely distributed efforts of numerous imperial iterators, the story of the primarch Rabuti Gulliman, his early life, and his finding is widely known and well accounted for in stark contrast to certain others of the primarch. So I don't know if you guys remember this. I think when we did the Dark Angels episode, I told you there's 20 legions of original founding space marines. Two of them are like completely scrubbed from imperial yeah. records so like you can't you can't find anything on them uh and maybe that's just games workshop's way of being like if we ever want to release a new one we just say like oh it's one of the hidden ones surprise but probably yeah. not probably they just keep because now at this point they just make chapters right so they just, just say like oh there's a new chapter of the, the space wolves or whatever much of these accounts have of course served the role of edification for the masses uh and the demands of propaganda but between the accounts variously embellished a number of consistent facts and themes emerge Okay, yeah, because I remember, like, for... what I think it was for the, the Blood Angels, which was the first chapter we've done recently, or the first Legion we've done recently, Dark, was Dark they... Yeah, sorry, the Dark Angels. They just, like, found a guy in the forest who had been raised by wolves, and it turned out he was a Primarch, right? And exactly. they had no idea how he got there. Yeah. Exactly. The second one, it was similar. He, like, crashed through a blacksmith's roof, and the blacksmith was like, well, he's my son now. Yeah, and, and then, and then, then when he, he was a giant man. <laughs> when he was three years old, uh, he beat back an Eldar invasion incursion. And yeah. He was like, okay, well, I guess you're president now. I don't know. That's our, that's our, <laughs> that's our electoral system works here. Uh, it's very strange. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, there's there's 20 Primarchs. They're all they're all spread across the galaxy, and they're all just kind of found on the world uh, that they end up leading in some way. Mo- I, all the ones that we've talked about so far um, end up just like kind of making that planet that they grew up on their home base. Um, uh, Blood Angels uh, are another faction of... Uh, Space Marines. So it was kind of for a second. I was like, "You made me pause, Pete." I was like, "Have we talked about the Blood Angels before?" But no, yeah, I got confused no there because that's a name that I'm more familiar with hearing. They're red, right? They're red. Yeah, like blood. Yeah. One might say. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought re- blood was only red once oxygen hit it. No, that's a myth. Well, why are my veins blue? Uh, it's the I guess the filtering of your skin. I don't know. Are they blue? They're bluish. Definitely bluish. Uh, I don't know, James. This isn't a medical uh, podcast, okay? Uh, you know, just uh, hydrochloroquine. It cures COVID, okay? Whatever. Have, <laughs> have sex with demons, dude, if you don't want to get pregnant or whatever. Bros. Fuck a demon in your sleep. No boners. Bros. If you let a demon fuck you in the ass, bro, you'll never get pregnant. Just got to toss that demon in the microwave, make sure it's warm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking that too. <laughs> uh, very good. Okay, so um, when one of the capsules, uh, or when the capsules containing the sperm donor Primarchs were cast into the warp by the forces of chaos, one of them would pop out and fall upon the world of McCrag in the eastern fringe of the galaxy. Okay. Uh, McCrag was a bleak but not inhospitable world, part of a decayed star empire of ages past that mankind had inhabited for many centuries since the time of the Dark Age of Technology. So this is, um, yeah, it was like it was it was already uh, a base before the warp storms hit. Whereas, so they have a they have a bit of a head start here because they can just like if we can get these old generators working, we can already have a decent sized army and like space heaters. Yeah, I mean that's that's essentially it. So its industries survived okay. had survived intact. Its people retained an authoritarian but cohesive society. It had, it had remarkably preserved a number of antiquated, short-range, warp-capable craft, which could be used for near-stellar transit conditions permitting. And its people continued oh. to build sublight spacecraft even during the time of the most intense warp storms. So these people aren't 
people fighting great beasts in a fiefdom uh, in a jungle planet somewhere. These right. people have interstellar travel, only near stellar. So they ha- kind of ha- there's kind of like this cluster group of planets. McCrag is one of the one of the worlds in this system, but the where Rabuti Gulliman falls, he uh, like he has access to other planets, I suppose, nearby. That's pretty mm-hmm. fortunate. Yeah, I mean, space travel like really opens up a lot of things for people like not just getting places like i was watching something on asteroid farming last night and like if you could just get to asteroids and get the precious metals out of them they're worth trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars but we just can't it's cost so much to get to them that that's the issue the problem with supply and demand is as soon as you do it they're not worth trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars anymore you know what i mean Uh, that's a good point too Yeah. yeah You are a business degree, <laughs> but yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the the idea with interstellar travel and the idea why uh, capitalists want it is because it's infinite resources. Like you know, so you can just do whatever you want. And if you could, if you have a way of keeping people on Earth, then you can, and you have a way of controlling governments, then you can artificially oh. set prices to whatever you want, and you can oppress. You control like the that. supply exactly. You can oppress people like yeah. that, which is what the capitalists want. Jamie, don't let them win. Don't don't tell him these <laughs> ideas on our podcast. We know Jeff Bezos listens to the podcast. What if he has this idea now? Nobody's told him before. We've all been keeping it from him. Okay. <laughs> what does he mean? Asteroids are worth money. I have money, but I, I want more. Of a th- I only have a three percent buy-in to this podcast, and I do one third of the work. How does that work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So when the Primarch's fallen capsule uh, was discovered. Uh, it was by a group of magnates who are on a hunt in a local forest. So while they still have interstellar tra- travel, I like to assume that they're the uh, fox hunters. You know what I mean? They're the they're posh okay. hunt. They're posh hunters. They're doing it for fun, not for need. Uh, when when they oh, found no, it, we don't eat the foxes. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when they found the capsule containing the Primarch, uh, they knew right. Like it wasn't like a ooh ooga booga uh, square stone. Ooh, it was like a okay. That looks like like tech you know that looks that yeah. looks vaguely familiar um it's got a license plate i don't think this is natural guys we yeah. should probably open it up <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh yeah magic magic brands everything with a license plate you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's the real ma- the dmv is the real magic uh, abracadabra but it's fours instead of a's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah the a's were all taken uh <laughs> So, it's like a vanity plate on every Primark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Rabuti coming for that booty. He had a bumper sticker on his. Uh, so the, the, magnates, the magnates in the forest broke the capsule seal, discovered a strikingly beautiful and perfectly formed child within it who was surrounded by a glowing nimbus of power. Um, uh, is that like a tasteful censorship cloud, the nimbus of power? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all, all around the child's bits, as it were. Uh, I don't yes. know what a perfectly chi- formed child looks like. They all kind of look kind of weird when they're little kids. Right? Okay, none P- of those little Michelin baby rolls, just like smooth and 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 like marble all the way down. Nothing, nothing folds when he bends. Okay, Jamie, the listeners at home can't appreciate this, but I'm recording without a shirt this episode. Okay, so just picture <gasps> picture me, but smaller. And when you Jamie. lean back, your nipple stares into my soul. There it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's like the Palantir. Uh, uh, man, uh, wh- maybe a Patreon tier should really be you get to just watch the video without sound after we do this podcast. <laughs> I was streaming leading up to this, and I thought about just leaving the stream on and then streaming this. Uh, but without the shirt, I don't know if 
we'd have to go to just chatting and i'm not sure if that's tos friendly or what but look it's very graphic what we're seeing right now oh yeah my I, my nipples do have little teeth um <laughs> a genetic defect let's not get into it on the show though okay this isn't the medical advice show okay oh, someone Again. told me what that is called today like when a tumor has teeth in it uh, it's uh yeah um oncodontistry or something like that it sounded like uh oncodontical yeah uh meatballs <laughs> yeah you're right it was just meatballs, all meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 so we're talking about a beautiful boy in a in a in a box okay jamie could you about please baby boy could you please focus on this beautiful naked boy surrounded by a tasteful censorship glowing nimbus you made Thank me really you. hungry, but it has nothing to do with the kid, okay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, somebody somebody get, like, Sam Jackson opening the box in Pulp Fiction and then, like, pan to a tasteful nude boy with a glowing nimbus of radiance <laughs> inside the box. Oh, that's what that movie was about. Yeah. He, was to get, he was trying to get a Primark baby yeah, exactly. to, uh, to, to, to what's-his-fucking name? Uh, I don't know. Marcellus uh, Wallace. Yes, it's yeah. been a long yeah. time since I've seen Pulp Fiction. There you go. Okay, so it was on... Uh, it was then, oh, sorry, that's the paragraph that I just read. But the child, the glowing, beautiful Nimbus boy child, was brought to the consul Connor Gulliman. That's a, that name sounds familiar, huh? It's oh. like Dabuti. Yeah, so uh, he adopted the infant as his own son, uh, and he named him Rabuti. Uh, like all the genetic sons of the emperor, Rabuti grew quickly, unnaturally so. By his second birthday, he was already tuning his old beater hot rod, getting piercings to piss off his dad, and smoking in the parking lot outside the Piggly Wiggly. Uh, <laughs> by the time he turned 10 it's recorded that he had mastered everything the wisest tutors of mccrag could teach him his insight into history philosophy and science astonished his tutors and while all of the primarchs present present some semblance of super intelligence it seems rabuti's intellect stands out so um some some primarchs really good at punch thing some primarchs really good at run fast some primarchs really good at uh use psychic some Primarch, really good smart think. This okay. guy, this guy is a really good at smart think. Some brain muscle stronger than other brain muscle. All perfect baby though. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, it's when the when the glowing Nimbus uh, when he hits puberty, the glowing Nimbus leaves the crotch because it no longer has to be censored, uh, and it goes to the most important part of that Primarch. So for him, it went to his brain. <laughs> Okay. He's got the smoothest, most beautiful baby body brain ever. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> very glowing smooth brain. <laughs> yeah so sitting um, there in his power armor gnawing on one of those big <laughs> plastic donut things yeah. just like <laughs> yum, yum. <laughs> yeah not, not to say i suppose that he's you know the melvin primark he's not like sweaty nerd with like a part in the middle of his hair and like really thick glasses broken glasses yeah, yeah. Uh, broken glasses exactly uh, he is still you know 12 foot tall uh chad in his own right okay just okay. also smart <laughs> He's like Henry Cavill. He has a gaming PC, but he's also a fucking Chad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's like if a himbo were somehow smart. You know what I mean? However, however okay, possible, yeah. however possible that yeah. could be. Uh, so all of all his tutors, it seems he took to Sun Tzu the most, since his mind seems particularly adapted to the art of warfare. War. So, with, 
Go ahead. Is that true? Did he read the Art of War that we've somehow preserved for 29,000 years? Or <laughs> Loreboy's Lore canon? Yes. canon? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. exactly. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Loreboy's Lore canon, uh, the god emperor of mankind was reading it when he when they were closing the capsules and he just dropped it as it like like sealed and flash froze like Fry in Futurama. Just like okay. you can't open it again for another thousand years or whatever it is. So he's just like, oh, right. shit. I'll buy another copy. A beautiful baby boy gnawing on the spine of a copy of The Art of War. And yeah, they're yeah. like, wow, he must be some kind of god angel. <laughs> yeah. If anyone if anyone wants to read that, it's a surprisingly short book. It is, yeah. I have, I have, yeah. It, I have it here. I've, uh, uh, I've flipped through it once or twice. Uh, so he, he, he was particularly adapted to The Art of War. War was treated as a high and lauded uh, science on McCrag, and Rabuti was given command of a force to pacify rebel scum on the planet. Um, so... He was super smart, excelled in all his fields. Uh, war was a class uh, on McCraig, on his home planet. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, I assu- I don't know if it was more like gym or history, but maybe somewhere in between. Um, yeah. And he did really well <laughs> at that. So uh, when he graduates, they're like, well, I guess you get a band of murderers now to go into the north and kill barbarians <laughs> with. Uh, do you think for war class they're allowed to wear their normal armor or do they have to bring their war armor that they have to change into? Yeah, yeah. And like they're, they're really shy in the changing yeah. I'm, room I'm thinking, and stuff. I'm thinking of like, you know, you know how like the Greek hoplites had like skirts, like, ar- like yeah. armored skirts or whatever? Like, uh, excuse me, young man, that skirt is a little too short and like a teacher pulling out a ruler and like measuring his like <laughs> armor skirt to the knee. Like, <laughs> I was thinking of all these other 13-year-olds who have 13-year-old bodies and then him being a 13-year-old being like 12 feet tall, like yeah, super yeah. chad yeah. and then being all insecure looking at him in the gym locker room <laughs> All, all the boys, all the boys comparing their spear lengths, like. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking because in my gym class, you would get like kicked out if you were wearing jeans. So it's like, hey man, is that denim power armor? Yeah, you yeah. Gotta change it to, you, gotta, you gotta get into your sweatsuit, but it is just like a huge baggy sweater with big baggy That's, baggy shoulder yeah. pads. The, the, de- the denim power armor is the uh, Canadian Astartes Legion. Jarmer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Jarmer. 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 Yeah. <laughs> ja- Jower Jarmer. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, Rob, our, our boy, uh, he's given a band of, of warriors, and there's these these factions up in the north of the planet that are, they're, well, they're just not playing nice with our civilized society. Hmm? So he better go kill them. Um, you know, so he, he ventures north into the treacherous uh, hive of scum and villainy known as Illyrium where fierce, okay. fierce brigands banded together in microstates uh, and were getting up to all sorts of debauchery. So a lot of, uh, like a lot of mercenaries kind of based out of the north, and there was like, you know, gambling, and there was drinking, and there was like premarital sex, and there was reefer, and there was jazz music. Like it was really, really kind of like a, <laughs> a fucked up place, you know? Hot okay, box yeah, in your power armor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Groovy. Uh, take off the jarmer, man. Your parents are going to smell it when you get home. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So basically, somebody with information in this mercenary network was just like, huh, I heard uh, I heard uh, the people over in McCraggy are going to send a 10-year-old boy to stop us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll just leave the door unlocked for him. No yeah, big yeah, deal. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to string him up. Uh, so Rob fought a great campaign. He even earned the respect of some of the militants, presumably by killing a lot of the other militants. Uh, Real quick. Yeah. Really brutally, probably. Yeah, but it was uh, kind of without incident, his time in the North. You know, goes up, 
stomps a bunch of heads. He's like, well, time to head home. But when he returns home, he found turmoil. Oh, no. In his absence, one of his father's peers had launched a coup d'etat. The man, Gallen, it transpired, had long harbored designs on undiluted rulership and had conspired with those amongst the wealthy nobility of McCrag, who were jealous of Connor's political power and popularity, and also increasingly afraid of his preternaturally precocious foster child's future. So they were like, hey, we're kind of like the ruling class. Uh, There's this progressive candidate who seems to be making us to be the villains. Now, he has a child who's also a god. Uh, His godchild's left. So maybe we should just kill him now? And everyone was like, no, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds right. So Nobody thought, like, what happens when the godchild comes back and finds his father dead? They did not think that far, it seems. Yeah. Uh, no, they, one person was just like, I heard he was immortal. <laughs> I don't think he's going to lose against those, like, barbarians in the north. So it's going to be perfectly honest. I think he's got the advantage. The townspeople didn't have beautiful, smooth baby brains like our yeah, hero exactly. here, oh, the boy. See, yeah. <laughs> These are lump, lump brain, lump brain. Um, so yeah, so they, it, I feel like they, they definitely didn't read Sun Tzu's Art of War. You know what I mean? Okay. During during war class, they just all the, they just wanted to play dodgeball. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn't <laughs> care about the actual impacts of gym. They didn't want to do any cardio, just dodgeball. <laughs> All, right. they, all they have arm cannons that they load the ball into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it seems the old bureaucracy was sick and tired of Connor's progressive tendencies, wanted to return to the simpler times of feudal fiefdom. Connor wanted bullshit things like building hospitals, repairing roads, and giving people unemployment benefits so they could stay home and make podcasts while the rich people had to work. Uh, so they hired a bunch <laughs> of merchants. Uh, they, they, again, they, they clearly didn't read uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War, especially or at least the chapter on uh, presenting a unified front because they hired mercenaries from the north. So not only did they, you know, attack while the godchild wasn't home without thinking about when he got home, they like weakened the north while he went to go invade there and weakened their defense back home rather than just like hiring everybody. They're, they kind of like cheaped out. We're like, no, no, we'll... We'll hire the discounted mercenaries, you know what I mean? And like they'll be good, they'll be good enough to sack the city. Uh, it's it's the guys on clearance, all the guys with like hook hands, peg legs, and eye patches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, one guy, one guy with uh, two eye patches, and one guy with you know <laughs> four peg limbs. One, one guy with just like hooks for nipples, uh, you know. Yeah, because I got all those teeth knocked out. Exactly. Hooks for nipples. Yeah, if you lose your nipples, they give you hooks in their place. That would be uncomfortable to sleep in. Your blankets get all caught in there. I would suck, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's it's been a heat wave in Montreal, so I sleep I sleep sans blanket. But. I need a blanket. Like maybe that's why I like sleeping in the cold so much. But I feel like I'm not I'm not getting down to bed if I don't have something on me. Yeah, if it's hot, I go no blanket. If it's cold, I go blanket. Either way, do you I'm sleep? Fine. Do you sleep in a bed or do you like hang upside down in the closet or? I hang from my nipples. It? Hey, oh, I'm yeah. from your hook nipples. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 put the, I put the hooks up in the closet on the bar, and I just <laughs> nod off. You know what I mean? Let my head let, let my head fall back. Yeah, blanket no blanket. <laughs> wake up, wake up busy every morning. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I wake up I wake up in the morning. I fall off. I puke on the floor. Uh, Peter has <laughs> yeah, to call the vet for gets me. Up. <laughs> your girlfriend gets up for work first though she has to slide you across to get to her skirts yeah, and yeah, stuff. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the worst when she's looking for an outfit she's like sliding me back and forth i'm like god oh, just trying to sleep here woman come on <laughs> okay so uh civil war had broken out in the streets of rabuti's home 
Uh, as he approached McCraig's capital, he saw smoke rising from the dotted fires across the metropolis. Refugees... Oh no, they chose a new pope without me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, wait, was it? Did they choose me? Uh, no. Yeah, changing into his like papacy power armor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Up and on one foot. Yeah, he's just he's got his power armor on and he's just got like stretched out papacy like <laughs> robes and like the pope hat on top of his like ultramarines. <laughs> You can get the collar over his head, but then the robe just like with the sleeves and everything just hangs down over the front like an yeah, apron. Yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> it just reaches, it, and it only reaches to like his belly button because he's twelve yeah. feet tall. So. <laughs> Probably taller in his power armor. Uh, so refugees from the conflict described how Gallen had attacked the Senate with his men, and now other soldiers were roaming the city, the city getting blasted, drunk, and drunkenly blasting. Uh, so you hire mercenaries, uh, you hire the B-listers. You know what do you get? You get drunken looting after the fact. Uh, you get the you get the B plus treatment exactly. Yeah. So they sacked the city, and then they were like, "Well, I guess we'll just go on wanton destruction." So there's all these refugees. Robuti shows up with his men, uh, but your boy, your boy is uh, he's not going to stand for that. Leaving his own troops to deal with the drunken rioters without quarter, Robuti personally fought his way towards the center of the city, but at the Senate's house, found himself too late. All was a bullet-ridden and blasted ruin, and even the rebels, it seemed, had fled the scene to join the looting. There, Frick. in the half-collapsed shelters beneath the building, Rabuti found his father dying. For three local days, the wounded consul had directed the defense of the besieged Senate house, even as surgeons fought for his life following a botched assassination attempt on the Senate floor, which had touched off the conspiracy's chaotic attack. Mm. So it's, it, he gets home just in time to have his father die in his arms, which almost oh, seems I'm... worse than not getting there in time, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think you could have, like, well, at least a conversation with him. Uh, right? I like to assume it was literally like he walked in the room, his father like looked over, I was like, Bleh. oh, it just <laughs> ex- expired immediately. Yeah, because uh, okay. that that really amps up the tragic backstory feel, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding a normal sized man in his giant hands, just like no. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you know, I hadn't thought of it, but you're probably right. <laughs> yeah, he's just like holding a doll, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so his blood turning cold, reboot got to work. He crushed the arist- aristocratic rebels, gathering the loyal forces who had fought with him and scattering the mercenaries who had come to do the work for coin. The capital was restored to order, and those who had fled returned in droves to pay thanks to their new savior. The coup leaders were executed, the rest sentenced to a life of hard labor. Which again, I think I'd rather be executed than a lifetime of slavery. But, you know, what do yep. I know? What do I know? I don't know, man. Like people who are in prison for life often fight to get off of the death sentence just so they can be in prison for life. True, very true. Yeah, I guess I've never, yeah. I've never looked down the barrel of that gun, as it were. I don't, so, yeah, yeah, Ethan, shockingly, never been on death row. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. We're all surprised. Uh, yeah, I, I, had, I had a really good lawyer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, he thought about going, but the podcast would be hard. We'd have to put in a new quarter every time we want to yeah, record yeah. another 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Or yeah, exactly. You have a collect call from Loreboy's podcast, except just like, ah, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you motherfuckers couldn't even pay for the call. Uh, <laughs> so the stagnated and uneven economy of the city was reordered. Technology disseminated rather than hoarded by the elite. And the armed forces were transformed into a powerful and well-equipped force. McCraig florist as never before. One people in one order, united under the people, uh, and united under the unchallengeable rule of Rabuti Gulliman. Okay. So he's in charge now. He, he saved the day, so why not? Again, 
I guess you're president now. This is how our election <laughs> do, do any of these guys just like run for office? Become a leader? <laughs> like no, yeah. Like do, does any of them just like hang out on the couch for their whole life? Uh, maybe that, maybe that's one of the expunged uh, legions or whatever. It was just like, yeah, they turned out to be like real fucking bums. They were always mooching yeah. from the other Space Marines legions. Hey, dude, I forgot my blaster. Can I borrow yours? Like, <laughs> he got really good at WoW Classic, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, we can't. Uh, our Space Marine Space Marine Legion can't go out into the galaxy and fight the Xenos. Uh, we're self quarantining right now. We're, we're like, we went to a party last weekend and somebody there turns out was sick. So we don't want to like go and get other people sick. Okay. So <laughs> could you just send us a check and we'll just like, we'll hang out here for two weeks. I'm okay with that. Actually self-quarantining <laughs> in this day and age recommended to anyone. Uh, if, listening. You're chaos, if you're chaos touched at a party by accident, you'd be like, go to stay home, man. I mean, I, I guess for any new listeners, I hope our old listeners know that I'm being facetious there and that I am fully down with Jeff Bet like kill Jeff Bezos, take all his money and give it to everybody else and let them stay home during a quarantine. Like, of course. Of course. People are dying at an alarming rate. Anyway. Uh <laughs> meanwhile, so uh Rob is in charge. The the civilization on McCrag is flourishing. Um because he's super smart. Um and I guess to, to your point, Jamie, uh, I guess they all become leaders because they're they're the genetic, almost genetic, like pseudo clones of the emperor, who is himself like right. the most charismatic leader imaginable, right? So, yeah. it's just yeah, uh, they're genetically motivated and charismatic, so they just end up like the cream goes to the top or whatever exactly. they say. But yeah. like I said, yeah. I don't know if any of them ever end up actually running for office in like a democratic fashion, or if they just like fight their way to the top of these stations. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, I don't think the the model of forty k is in the far-flung future or whatever it's there is only war it's like if it was just like in the far-flung future there is only normal democratic elections yeah, yeah. i can't imagine the franchise would be nearly as popular as it is yeah, yeah. yeah. like just running for a small town like mayor and like all the the, the wiki page hitting all the snags and the funding yeah, yeah, yeah. and like, yeah. it'd be so boring why yeah. would they write about that right yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. You're on Xenos that that come into our homes and destroy all our civilizations in the night. But how do you feel about healthcare funding? Hmm? Oh. <laughs> yeah, Jabrinkus press hat. Yeah, <laughs> Jabrinkus painted his door yellow. We can't allow that in our town. What do you think? Yeah, and then, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's just not interesting. Not, uh, not so, not so good. It's not such good lore for us to dive into. But kind of funny to no. think about. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. while while Rob is doing such a good job in office, uh. The Emperor's fleet was approaching. By providence or happenstance, the Emperor reached the planet Espandor at the outer edge of the network of worlds with which McCrag had maintained tenebrous contact. So like I said, McCrag is kind of this... It has There's like a system around McCrag. They're, they're not a lone planet floating in a cold and empty universe. They are uh, part of a network of universes. They have interstellar travel as long as it's near stellar, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so yeah. at, the, at the edge of this system the Emperor's fleet arrives. Uh, and they speak with people on Espendor. He's like, yeah, you know, we're kind of looking for my kids. I lost them. I hired some babysitters. Turned out, Eldritch gods. Huh? Demons. Last Always time I find man. a babysitter on Craigslist. So, uh... <laughs> yeah, you should have seen what they charged me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Wouldn't it be like Corn's List or something like that? For, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's very good. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah, so he's like, yeah, have you seen my son? He's about yay high and just, like, holds his hand 12 feet high. Um, 
Uh, you know, maybe he's still maybe he's still smaller, but in that case, he'd be naked and surrounded in a glow that covered his junk. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard of someone like that uh, over on McCrag. Uh, you should go check it, check it out there. He's like, you know what? I will. As he approached, however, the emperor, uh, warp storms rose before his fleet, deflecting even the will of the god emperor. The storms rose all throughout the system, blocking McCrag from the outside. It would be five standard years before the Emperor could pierce them. So he's like so close to... But he was just chilling at least? He's so close to like resolving this Amber Alert, you know, uh, when a warp storm (laughs) kicks up all around the planet of McCrag and just completely isolates it. The only reason that could happen is so something bad happens in the meantime, or else it wouldn't be notable at all. So, are you thinking this is a plot device, Jamie? Yeah, he's gonna just like if only the storm wasn't there, it could have all been avoided because that that really resonates with people. So, I feel like that's gonna happen. (laughs) Jamie taking a crack at the spoilers here. Hmm? It would be five years, like I said, before he could pierce them. But Jamie, you're very wrong. Uh, In that time, Rabuti was busy working. Our boy, our boy had dwelt long on the ancient histories of his world's deposed aristocracy, and the fragments he found there told of the time before the Dark Ages, when the human race thrived amongst the stars. He had begun to dream of new horizons for his people, new worlds to conquer, and a domain beyond the seas of night, an ancient principle described by a single ancient word in the scholarly texts, Ultramar. Uh, which, was, okay. which was funny when I was researching it, because it's a convenience store chain in Quebec where uh, we the lore boys come from. I was like, eh. Yeah, it's a gas station. <laughs> he found a gas yeah. station. <laughs> what could it be? What does this golden eagle on a deep blue background mean? Hmm. It's an ultramarine background, actually. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By his will, he made it so, and within their warp-sealed enclave, vessels from McCrag now piled applied regular and well-patrolled trade routes with local star systems, bringing raw materials and people to the flourishing world, while against some of its neighbors, short, victorious conflicts had already been waged to pacify the strife they had found there. Uh, so it wasn't isolated alone, I guess. Uh, McCrag was isolated with, like, a few other planets, but there was kind of this, like, orb warp storm around a group of, of planets. And uh, in the five years, no no problems, just just success. He went. He went throughout the throughout the system, and he he you know uh, fostered diplomatic relationships. He he established trade deals. You know he strengthened. He donated to the WHO. Um, all these great things. Uh, when he established he, even smaller charities on different planets, yeah, depending on what they needed. he he went to other planets with their own unique cultures, and he uh, stopped them from doing that and assimilated them into the McCrag culture, the right way of doing Good. things, right? Good. Uh, <clears throat> uh, so when the Emperor finally did re- arrive at McCrag, he was pleased by his son's work. He wouldn't pretend to be a mysterious stranger in a tournament or let the Primarch's offspring find him. He introduced himself plainly. When he met the Emperor, uh, uh, Robude immediately swore fealty as he had already come to the conclusion that he'd been designed with purpose rather than born to a chaotic universe. So his dad shows up. And like our last episode on the Salamanders, his dad showed up. And was like, no, I'm a dark, I'm a dark, mysterious stranger. I want to compete in your tournament, but if I win the tournament, you have to be my son. Uh, <laughs> at which point, the, <laughs> the Primarch for the Salamanders was like, you know what, you're on, buddy. Uh, but none, of, none of that here. He shows up and he's like, hey, I'm your dad. Like you know the the meme that's popular right now, the two chads on the bottom. It's like. Hey, oh yes! Hey, yeah. uh, the emperor, the god emperor of mankind, saying, "Hey, I'm your dad," and then Rabuti Gulliman saying, "I know." 
Okay, is, yeah. <laughs> is, is, pretty, is pretty much what happened. Uh, so yeah, he was like, he was like, well, obviously, I'm too fucking perfect to have been born to a mortal mother. So I'm probably like some sort of demigod. And then the god emperor of mankind, standing in his own 25 foot glory, shows up, and there, and he's just like, oh, okay, you're twice my size. So you're probably my dad, huh? Bigger is better in the Warhammer 40k canon. Bigger is dadder. Bigger right. is dadder. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, yeah, so bigger is dadder in Warhammer 40k. So he, he meets his dad and he's like, you know what? I will swear fealty because I'm a good boy and I just want my father's approval, please. My last daddy he probably died. Had read, he had probably read something in the ancient text that he's been studying that like hinted at some kind of god emperor, right? Because he's not like completely in the dark. So, so the ancient texts are, are pre-god emperor. They're from before oh. the Dark Age of Technology. So the, okay. the, the, god em- the, the god emperor, the guy, was around in that time. Um, he was uh, one of the uh, perpetuals, they were called. So there was a lot of humans yeah. who had just evolved to this superhuman state. Uh, right, and, yeah. and he was one of them, and he was probably the most charismatic and one of the most powerful of them. Uh, and he was born in 8000 BC, not AD. Um, so he'd been around for a long, long time. But he wasn't the emperor at, at any point before the Unification Wars, which is at the end of the Dark Age of Strife, which is where okay. we're getting to the start of the Unification Wars, where humanity has been broken apart, has been fragmented across the galaxy. And yeah. uh, the warp storms are more or less over. Um, right. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to create these Primarchs and we're going to go through the galaxy and we're going to regain control for humanity. Uh, this- right. He's like, he's like getting the boys together you know, exactly. over the course of like the collection of the Primarchs is to to rob the casino or some Ex- shit. Exactly. So the um the unification wars start on Earth uh and he has his Space Marine legions, they just don't have their Primarchs yet. Uh so the okay. the Ultramarines were a faction on Terra before like this point. They had already fought on Terra and when he meets his sons, he gives them the legion. He's like, "Here's your legion fully formed." Um, and like with the salamanders uh, and the dark angels, they'll, they'll start recruiting like the dark angels specifically, he, he uh, Lionel Johnson recruited his friend Luther into it, but his yeah. friend Luther was too old to receive the gene seed and ended up getting very jealous. Um, so, so they had, they had fought already the unification wars, but all the ancient texts that um, Rabuti had to study were from just like old, old earth. He just had like old episodes okay. of Rick and Morty to watch basically. Uh, yeah, and one copy of uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War. Exactly, yeah. Well, yeah, he, he brought that with him. That wasn't an ancient text on the planet. Okay. <laughs> was it on Kindle? Is it easier to transport? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Easier to fit into a, uh, a cha- uh, gene seed chamber. <laughs> so, like I said, Rabuti was assigned command of the 8th Legion of Space Marines, sometimes called the Warborn, as the initi- initiates had been drawn from the survivors of the variety of wars which had rocked Terra at the beginning of the Unification Wars. So, okay. uh, they there, you know, when I said earlier, their uh, recruiting practices were much like ancient Romans. It was like, hey, we beat your armies. You're our slaves in the army now until we can trust you. And then you're going to fight in the army with us kind of thing. Okay. Which I think was a ancient Roman practice. Uh, well, I was going to say Spartan, but then I was like, that's Greece. So probably not. Uh, Rabuti wasn't content to simply use the tool handed to him. He wanted to hone it. His vision was for a legion that was more than simply one army among many. He wanted a self-sustaining power for conquest, order, and expansion. The strength of the body and the blood of the Imperium made manifest by the will of the Emperor through his servant, Rabuti Gulliman. Uh, okay. So I think something about having his father die in his arms gave him a bit of a, you know, daddy complex. Uh, yeah, which, I guess. Which, fair, you know. Uh, I, I'm not above that, I don't think. 
Uh, to him, a military force was more than the warriors who wielded arms. It was their chain of supply, the ships which carried them between, the manufactura which supplied their munitions, and the worlds which bred their recruits. They were individuals okay, like a really and equally vital. Uh, I was gonna say he's like a big nerd who loves planning and like organizing things <laughs> exactly. so that he can win battles and okay. shit. But he's, he's like, terrible. I get to play quartermaster uh, <laughs> whenever whenever the boys are playing war. Uh, to Gulliman's mind, all of these things made a Space Marine Legion, and he meant to control them all so that his own would prosper and the Emperor's will would be done. In accordance with his grand design, he planned to not merely take the world of his fosterage as his headquarters and recruiting ground as his peers had done and would continue to do, but from the very start, he set it up merely as the fulcrum of a far larger network of provender and support. So um, Salamanders and Dark Angels, the ones we've talked about so far, and most of the other Space Marine Legions, they have their base of operations. Right, which is yeah. one planet somewhere. He's like, no, 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 this whole system that I've been building out this whole time, this this is my base of operations. So he's really going like above and beyond, and it's probably what allows him to, to be the ones to respond to the Horus Heresy and, you know, pick up the pieces and hold the Imperium together after the fact, right? Yeah. Well, to quote Napoleon, a soldier marches on his five stomachs, which I believe Space Marines have or something like that. Yeah, right? exactly. Well, yeah, okay. they, they have five stomachs and they... Um, they'll eat anything, so you have to like get them to swallow a big magnet. So like, if they accidentally swallow a nail, it doesn't pierce their stomach lining. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you can and actually stones like a bird. Yeah, what you can do is you can drill a hole in the side of a space uh, inside of a space marine or an Astartes, and you could just like leave it. It goes right into their stomach, and you just get like a little plastic seal, and you just close it up, and then you just reach in and you pull out all the bits every now and then. I've been. Oh. I've been listening and taking this all as real, but we're talking about farm animals now, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, but also farm animals are real, James. Someday we'll do the do, lore of farm animals, but... Do space <laughs> marines have more stomachs? Uh, J- Jamie, just because it's written doesn't mean it's fake, okay? Okay? You don't have, <laughs> yeah. to, you don't have to think everything's so fake, Jamie. Uh, no, space marines don't have uh, any more stomachs uh, in the real canon. In the lore boys canon, yes, they do have five stomachs. They have a hole in the side that you can open up with a plastic thing, but that's all lore boys canon. Okay. Uh, also, they have multiple lungs and hearts, though, like compared to a regular human. I know that, don't they? Pro- probably, sure. You're putting okay. me on the spot here, but yeah, I'm going to say yes. Okay. I wonder what the configuration is. If they, they stack them like two lungs like we would have and then just two lungs in front, or if it's like uh, they cross each other in the middle, like it's a star. Oh, or like a cross. Yeah. that'd be fun. That could huh? be, that'd be cute. Yeah. You could probably yin-yang a heart pretty well because they kind of slope off to one side. Yeah, But they'd have to like beat alternate like they'd have to alternate their beats or else they'd be bumping into each other the whole time (laughs) (laughs) hey get out of my way it's like your chest is a mosh pit (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh gulliman is a nerd like we've already established he wants to play quartermaster he cares about uh trains uh, as much as he cares about soldiers um he wants to get them running on time god damn it in accordance i mean it seems like a good plan to have like (laughs) we need to supply an army if we're gonna keep it yeah i mean right. uh as napoleon bonaparte said the you gotta feed your cows buddy um yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> the, ba- the basis of his network would be the world's mccray could long maintain links with but they would be merely they would merely be its first components not its fullest extent this would be the start of Robuti Gulliman's Ultramar, and it would be a project of decades and continue to expand right up to the first treacherous blows of the Horus Heresy. So he okay, he's he's happy to take over the the system that they've they've he's been operating in, but when he meets the the God Emperor and, and the God Emperor's like, yeah, like really far 
long distance interstellar travel is super possible, dude. And he's just like, oh, think of all the asteroids I could mine then. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> think of all the trillions of trillions of dollars I could use to make this, uh, space marine suits. Uh, so no more it, denim. We can make them out of metal finally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, denim's bad because it, it can get very hot. Um, so this was an ongoing project by the Primarch, and it quickly evolved into a dual doctrine. The two faces of the warrior, one courageous, disciplined, and adaptable, the other careful, assessing, and calculating. Okay. As Which we, one are you? Uh, I'm the sexy one, baby. <laughs> sexy nice. warrior. Shoot you with my love guns. <laughs> pew, pew. <laughs> You can tell because you're shirtless. I am shirtless. <laughs> yeah. I'll lean back and show the nipples for you. Thank you. I needed that. I'm trying to master the not moving my shoulder while moving my hand on camera. Since it's only showing <laughs> yeah. the top of my torso. I never would have guessed you were moving your hand. So you're doing great. Uh, so as with the society, Rob, Rabuti Gulliman had built on McCrag. The 8th Legion under his mastery would be as ruthlessly even-handed as it was efficient, with the needs of the individual sublimated to the greater whole. But the life of the individual never spent wantonly or without purpose, for the doctrine stated that each legionary lost, loss weakened those who remained. So he's like very utilitarian. He's like, hey, we got to maximize output. He's kind of like a capitalist, I like to think of him as. He's like, hey, you know what? Like ever expanding, baby. You know, no time to think about those who can't contribute because they're sick or whatever. Uh, we can only think about capital. Capital, baby. We need more capital. Got to go out into the universe, get more capital. Uh, so he's expanding. He's building factories. He's putting, giving people jobs. You know what I mean? Uh, sure, the job is to die. Uh, fighting horrible, unspeakable <laughs> monsters across the galaxy in the name of a very tall man. But, his dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. His dad. He was literally given CEO of Ultramar uh, yeah. by his dad. <laughs> Die for my family. Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> beg your pardon? Uh, so within the Legion, the valor and the achievement of the individual re- were rewarded with honor and responsibility, which great reward. Uh, but, yeah. the, but the Thanks. obedience to hierarchy and order it demanded of its members was to be unquestioning and unchallenged. So you don't ask any questions, but you don't fucking brook any questions either, buddy. Okay. Somebody asks you a question, you tell them to fuck off. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if, if anybody asks you any questions, tell them to get in contact with our press department. Okay. We do not want you talking to journalists. Uh, Excuse me, sir. What time is it? Fuck, fuck off. off. Fuck off. It's Zeno's killing time, baby. Dude, what, what do you mean? We're on break. Like, fuck. How much, how much longer we got in the break, dude? Uh, so the outward signs of this transformation were striking. The livery of the eighth was altered to a deep blue, an ultramarine, uh, chased Ooh. with gold, while the symbol of the ancient Ultima glyph found in the pre-isolation stellar charts of the region was adopted as its icon and sealed to tie them to the newfound realm which they embodied. Uh, so that's most of the ultramarines. Like I, like I said, uh, or not most of the ultramarines, that's most of the story of their primarch. Uh, leading up to the Horus heresy. So I would, okay. I've been doing this a lot recently. I, I want to do more episodes on the legions. Like I said earlier, I would also love to recap Horus heresy, mostly because like I myself don't really remember it. So it might be a, a fun episode to revisit, I think. Uh, but it is, it is quite long. Uh, so to, to leave you, to leave you leading up to that, I want to leave you with a quote from Rabuti Gulliman. Uh, it's a jump forward to the 41st millennium after the great, great crusade, after the unification wars, after the Horus heresy, uh, long after Sorry, the legions were like the, a quote from Rabuti Gulliman, and it's just it's pronounced Rabute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody Four who, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody who, um, 
everybody who who likes the Ultramarines and uh, takes him very seriously and got mad at my pronunciation of, of his name. I'm sorry, I guess, but I'm not that sorry. Uh, you're listening to the <laughs> wrong podcast. Uh, okay, so um, long after the legions were dissolved into smaller, more manageable chapters, uh, Robuti Gulliman is reflecting. He speaks to himself, near as I can tell, uh, and he's reflecting on the God Emperor's universe after over 10,000 years of service. Why do I still live? What more do you want from me? I gave everything to you, to them. Look what they've made of our dream. This bloated, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear, hate, and ignorance. Better that we had all burned in the fires of Horus's ambition than live to see this. Oh, he's got that classic immortality conundrum where he's feeling like he's losing purpose because it's been 20,000 years. (laughs) Uh, Well, you do that again, but in the style of Forrest Gump. (laughs) Why do I still live? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you want from me? I gave everything to you to them. Uh, <laughs> All right, Bernie Sanders. Why do I still live? What more do you want from me? I gave everything to you to them. Who have made my dream? This bloated, rotting carcass of an empire is driven not by reason and hope, but by fear, hate, and ignorance. All right, now do Joe Biden. So tell a completely unrelated story halfway through a sentence. This, 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 this universe is malarkey, let me tell you, okay? It's, it's <laughs> certainly not Cracker Jack. <laughs> Man, I got to tell you, I've been alive for 29,000 years, and I got to tell you that I, once I went on, I helped my guys eat food. Yeah. And I got <laughs> back on McCraggy, and yeah. I, uh, why am I still alive? Yeah. When, you, when you see a Xenos, just, we'll, we'll tell him to just shoot him in the knee. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> slow down the tyranids. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, I'd love to get into the Horus Heresy and like what the god, like the god emperor, really did seem like he had a good idea at the outset. Uh, and I, I don't know if you guys have watched the Astartes on uh, YouTube, but yeah, it's great. He does like the the god emperor does just kind of become a brain floating, like a golden, like a gilded brain, just like floating and like too godly for human comprehension it seems uh and and the warhammer 40k universe is a shitty fucking place to live everything is war everything is death all the fucking time um and so like i'd really love to get into uh the horus heresy and leading up to the actual empire uh at the end of it all the imperium of man someday uh but we'll get there eventually uh, and if you want to hear that from me, then you could tweet at me. My personal Twitter is at Ethan the Dead Man, but the Loreboys Twitter is at Loreboys. That's probably the better place to do it. Uh, all our contact info can be found at loreboys.com slash contact or slash about. My bad. Yeah. Loreboys.com slash about. Um, and we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, we'd love to hear from you on the Discord. The link is at, um, at, at that site I just read to you. Uh, Peter, do you have anything you want to plug or share or tell people to reach out to you for and about? Yeah, it's... Uh, at Pete O'Donohue on Twitter and uh, at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. Um, you can check there. I'm actually painting some Warhammer minis. I'm trying to do as much as I can live on twitch.tv slash the Loreboys whenever I can. Um, I'm painting some Sisters of Battle, like we said earlier. Uh, so that'd be the best place to do it. Check in. But again, Discord is on our phones, on our computers, everywhere. So Discord is really the best place to reach uh, me or, as well. Or uh, you can reach us at contact at loreboys.com. Um, that's the email where you can send us suggestions. You can send us funny stories. Uh, we'll always try and read your email uh, on the air. Yeah. And I think Jamie has one for us. Exactly. Speaking of which, uh, our friend Anthony sent us an email. Uh, he left uh, an iPhone review. Uh, I'll read it. Uh, th- I'll read through what he said, actually. So he said, hey, guys, big fan. I've done the iPhone review and everything. 
It was one of the. It was the one about my dog being forced to go for hour long walks, which you read a few episodes back. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry though. Winnie's in fast, fantastic shape. Might be the most athletic corgi of all time as a result. And he sent a video or a picture of uh, Winnie, his corgi, like laying on its back completely like looking at a camera and it's so cute it's so cute yeah <laughs> it's very cute and uh, i love corgis uh, yeah me too My i want to get one they're very cute uh where can we find you, you said oh sorry you you're... yeah yeah just right, real quick and he ended up uh saying anyways jamie mentioned an episode he'll read any episode that someone sends in well guess what it's attached so he wrote a whole episode for us which is like really crazy so i want to say like thank you anthony um i'm thinking about reading it uh, uh soon i'm not sure this is something we'll do all the time but it's really cool that you did this and i love reboot uh, something that i used to watch with my mom and uh we'd stay up late and watch it so it's really cool that you wrote an episode about reboot and we'll look about incorporating that into the show uh, at some point yeah if if, uh, any, if anyone listening wants to send us scripts like no promise that we'll read them but we'd love to hear them from you guys. Uh, and there's a decent chance that we'll read them and we'll give you guys a little bit of credit. Uh, so Anthony, we'll probably be in touch with you and just ask you for like a little more information if you want us to give you a shout out or something like that somewhere. Uh, and if anybody else wants to send us more stuff like that, then again, contact at loreboys.com. That's uh, our email address. Uh, or you can just add us on the Discord and, and we'll be around at some point. Um, I won't be that present on the Discord this week because I'm leaving for a week, but we'll be, uh, we'll be back at the same time next week. Uh if you want to support the show, uh, we do appreciate it. All our patrons on Patreon, uh, you guys mean the world to us. Everybody who has sent us money, uh, subscribed on Twitch, uh, helped us pay for the stupid costs that fun things like this incur, like uh, you know website subscriptions and hosting for the show and all this other stuff. Uh, I promise you, none of your none of your money goes unappreciated. Uh, so you can you can go to Patreon.com/slash/TheLoreBoys and and find us there and support us there. Um, and uh, if you don't trust Patreon, we have always offered the services of Lower Boys Prime, which is our... I think we invented it before Patreon did, uh, but of course, we started the show several years after Patreon started. Like, we started releasing the show. This was just when we were doing it for fun yeah. in our own homes. But, Down with the yeah. patriarchy, right? Let's make a Matreon and call it Lore Boys Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, every 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 donation to Lore Boys Prime will go to our ongoing lawsuit with Patreon, uh, where we're just trying to get them to change the name to Matreon and to give us all the funds. Again, if anybody knows anything about accounting or the law, please do reach out to us uh, via one of the various channels. But what we're giving to you guys this week is pretty special. Pete's been working on his sewing, which is fantastic. And he's been sewing, oh, yeah. he's been sewing uh, Space Marine helmets out of denim. Uh, so we want to we wanna send them to you guys as long as you guys send us some money for our legal fees that are exorbitant uh, at the moment. Uh, we have a really uh, expensive lawyer, and he doesn't seem to do a lot, but he assures us that he is doing a lot. But we will send you one of Pete's... Uh, homemade hand-stitched uh denim space marine helmets made of his own jeans uh if yeah. you're very lucky maybe you get the crotch one huh maybe you get the one that <laughs> the crotch. my i've been dyeing them all ultramarine blue and my hands are stained blue with lapis lazuli like there's nothing <laughs> i can do here yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, I, uh, full disclosure, please do not wear them. They're impossible to breathe out, breathe out of. And we've already had a few asphyxiation, uh, lawsuits on our hands and we just don't need more of those. Okay. So, uh, we already have a lot of legal costs. You don't want to be, you don't want to be sending us money to defend ourselves in court against you. Right. So just full disclosure, please don't wear the mask. Uh, that's kind of stocks for them though. Eh? They can make money. <laughs> they buy a suit and they make a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. 
it's what's really ridiculous is you pay so much for a lawyer and they don't even give you their old used jeans after it's all done. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and I guess that would constitute Constitute. lore boys. Okay. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.